From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey and Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint for Week 11 in the National Football League. I'm Jeremy Schilling. I'm an unhappy Jet fan. He's Luke Morrow, a really happy Vikings fan. How are you? Yeah, we're doing pretty well. Not too bad. You ready, Luke? Tee me up, please. <laughs> hey, if there's ever a game to win... It's against those red No, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. Why does Adam Gase guaranteed get another year in week 11? Why, Christopher Johnson, do you say that? Why every week on this show for how long, Luke, have I talked about Adam Gase's job security? Yeah. I, I don't get this. You make a decision about the coach... At the end of the results, you don't guarantee something to somebody in week freaking 11. You beat the Giants, who are a flaming mess, whose best player has never recovered from a high ankle sprain correctly. And now you, you, you happily say, his job is safe, yay! And you've got unhappy players left and right. Quincy Nun was the newest one unhappy about his health situation and being fined for missing treatment when he's out for the year and it's a 50-50 chance of ever playing football again. And you guarantee Adam Gase another year? Why don't you wait until the full body of evidence is available and then make your decision? I, I, I hear you. I agree. I am just... I don't get the Jets. So I get that the Jets are two-and-a-half-point underdogs here, which is essentially a toss-up. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Dwayne Haskins go crazy because the Jets are so decimated in the front seven. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the Jets win this game lopsided and Sam Donald in the offense take another step forward, especially with this being Jameson Crowder's trip back home. I don't know what to think about this team, but what I do know is you have a GM who didn't hire the coach, who it seems to be at odds at times with ownership, with an acting owner because your actual owner is the ambassador to the UK who's not here to make these decisions. It just is a mess. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess the one positive of making such an announcement is that now the guys understand or know that he will be there. It could take some of the pressure off of him or the team, and they know that if that's their coach of the future, they still got to go out there and perform for him. Uh, you look at this matchup for the Jets, uh, as you said, I, you know, I was shocked to see that they're an underdog. This is a matchup that the Jets should clearly win. I mean, the Redskins, Dwayne Haskins has been lousy. The Redskins like to run the football, but they haven't been able to do it at a very good, uh, successful rate. Jets are second best in stopping the run according to DVOA, but there's something about that line. Just like I said with the Browns uh, last week against the Bills, even the Browns Thursday night against the Steelers took them because of the line. That line is begging you to take the Jets as a two-and-a-half-point underdog to the Redskins. Are you kidding? It's because the Jets suck. And because the Jets suck, Luke, at any point they can perform like a team that belongs in a spring league. Yeah, the Redskins, I would say, are even worse, though. The Redskins have the worst quarterback. They have- I agree. But they make bad teams look like they can be Super Bowl champions. See Miami. Yeah, that's fair. Well, last week I told you that the Jets would beat the Giants because that's what the spread told me. Today it tells me the Redskins are going to win. I, I that just speaks to the gospel. I am I am I am not a believer. 
not a believer. Speaking of gospel, you must be very concerned about today because this has all the makings of a Vikings lame duck loss. You are 10-point favorites to a Denver team that is in transition. You are home. You are in a dome. Denver has to travel. This is all the makings of what should be a Vikings blowout, but will actually be a 41-24 to loss that, that upends all the momentum you have after last week. Yeah, I'm throwing the fact that they have their bye week next week. So talk about like a trap game, you know, looking ahead. And they're coming off a good win in Dallas on Sunday night. So you're feeling a little good about yourself. Maybe you take the next team uh, a little lightly, especially when it's Denver. Uh, I will say the Broncos are one of the better, uh, whatever, what is their record, 3-6? and six. Yep. They're, they're the best 3-6 and six team out there. I mean, they lost uh, three one-score games, I think it is, you know, three games in the final minute. They could be way better than their record actually is. And they probably should be. Uh, my one thing, though, is, is Brandon Allen, who did play well in his first game. But, you know, I'm, I'm just not concerned about uh, Brandon Allen. I think that's the, the issue for the Broncos, whether it's Flacco or Allen. They just don't have the quarterback. They had a good defense, especially against the pass. Can they slow down Dalvin Cook today? Um, but uh, I, I just can't see. I get what you're saying with the situation. It'd be a classic Vikings letdown. I just can't see Brandon Allen going into Minnesota and of all guys, Allen making enough plays to beat that Vikings defense. I think it'll be close. I don't know if the Vikings will cover the 10.5 points. I could see it being close and low scoring because of that Broncos defense. Vikings could be conservative, uh, just not play their best because of the situation. But I just can't see Allen going into Minnesota and doing enough to beat the, the Vikings today. Denver's a better 3-16 and than you would think, but the Vikings should obviously handle them today at home. Where are you right now in terms of this team overall? Where are you right now, this Vikings uh, well, team? Feeling good. The, the, the concern actually has become about that defense after everything I just said, the secondary especially. I mean, they got torched by uh, Dax last week, who looked really good. And the secondary just hasn't been as good as it has been in years past. Uh, Xavier Rhodes has looked terrible. Um, even Trey Wayne, they're getting a little healthier. Maybe that will help in the secondary. we got getting guys back like Holton Hill um, and Mike Hughes, who was last week by Dak Prescott. They were picking on him all game. So that's the one concern for me. I mean, the offense, Kirk Cousins has played really well lately. Dalvin Cook, obviously, is the leading rusher. Uh, hopefully Adam Thielen can get back soon. Um, and the concern, oddly enough, has been the defense, which has carried the team in years past. But if that secondary can't slow guys like Dak Prescott down, um, that makes it harder for the Vikings because they're not a team that's built for, you know, Kirk Cousins to go out there and, and have to put the team on his back and out-duel other quarterbacks. He may be able to do it against Dak and against Brandon Allen today, but come playoff time, I wouldn't feel very confident or comfortable with uh, Kirk Cousins going up against somebody like Drew Brees. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Houston, and Baltimore. This is a really, this is one of those games that if it was in a prime time alone slot, Thursday, Sunday, Monday, this is a really fun game to watch. But as part of a Sunday slate, when you're looking at the entire context of the league, this is a nervous game, I think, if you're Lamar Jackson. The Ravens are 7-2. and two. I don't believe in them. I just don't. I understand that the AFC North is a mess right now, an absolute bleeping, bleeping mess. But I'm not a believer in the Ravens long term. I should be. I've said this on this show, and you keep saying to me, what are you doing? You're ridiculous. This team is for real. I believe more in Houston than I believe in Baltimore. 
I wonder if this game being on a, a lone stage would change some perceptions because I think there are still people like me who doubt Lamar Jackson and doubt this Ravens team. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those who I doubt Lamar and the Ravens. Uh, I think uh, Deshaun Watson is better. Uh, I think the Texans win today. Um, Lamar, it still just comes down to making plays uh, with his arm. Uh, can he do that when he has to? And, you know, the Ravens, they've thrown it the third fewest amount of times on first and second down. So there's still a team that's built around it. They're still asking. You know, as much as we talk about how well Lamar's playing and he's the MVP, they're still asking him to do a lot less than, a, than most other quarterbacks, at least with his arm. They're still, you know, run first team. They're running the option with three Heisman winners in the backfield. So uh, I'm still not sold on when it comes to a situation where Lamar's going to have to make plays with his arm for this Ravens team. I don't think the defense is as good as we're used to in Baltimore. And I think the Texans win today. Deshaun Watson um, is one of those guys that, for whatever reason, he's always been overlooked. I mean, Trubisky was drafted higher than him. Tom Savage got the starting job ahead of Deshaun as a rookie. Uh, Mahomes is in that same draft. We always talk about how well Pat Mahomes is playing. But statistically, Deshaun is right there over the last uh, calendar year. And you look at Deshaun when he's had an opportunity to make a statement, he has beaten all those guys. He beat Pat Mahomes. Uh, he beat Sam Darrow. He beat Baker Mayfield. He's, he's beaten every quarterback that is in within their first two years in the league. Uh, every time he's gone up in a game like this, when he's had an opportunity to steal that spotlight away from, we all talk about Baker, we all talk about Mahomes. You don't really hear much about Deshaun and how well he's playing, and Deshaun always wins those games. I think he wins today against Lamar, and this will be a big game for both the MVP race and the number two seed in the uh, AFC. Um, Pat Eagles. Eagles are reeling. This is a Super Bowl matchup. It's in Philly. That's the only reason why I give the uh, give give Philly some hope here, um, because on paper this should be a Pats blowout. But this Pats team, defensively, is great. Offensively, still trying to get all their ducks in a row here. Coming off a bye, I think that's why the line is what it is. It's four and a half. It's not that big. Um, because on paper, this should not be a competitive football game. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I, I don't think it will be. I think the Pats will, will handle their business fairly easily. Um, you know, that four-and-a-half line, though, if, if it's in uh, New England, they'd be favored by ten-and-a-half, which may seem uh, maybe a little more ridiculous. I like the Patriots, though, because for the reasons he said, I mean, come off a bye. Belichick's 14-4 and four off a bye. They were embarrassed on national TV. We heard, heard they had to hear all week about how they were exposed and how that defense isn't for real. And now they've had two weeks to hear all that. And they've had two weeks to get ready. And uh, the only thing worse for an opponent than facing Bill Belichick is facing an angry Bill Belichick. And I think they're going to make a statement after two weeks of everybody talking about how this team is is not for real and that defense is overrated and uh, Tom Brady's washed up and all this sort of stuff. They're going to go out there and they're going to they'll hand it to Philadelphia. Uh, they took... Kelsey out of the game in the AFC Conference uh, Championship last year and really slowed down the Chiefs' offense. I think they'll do the same thing today where they'll remove Zach Ertz from the game, similar tight end. And on the Eagles, you know, no Deshaun Jackson. They have no downfield threat. Uh, they're minus in the turnover margin. They turn it over too much. I think the Patriots roll uh, the Eagles and, and, and show everybody that's been doubting them that maybe it's a little too soon. And they're having to rely on Jay Jai, who's been out of football. Yeah. Um, did, did, did you see that Belichick spent his uh, week on his snap face? <laughs> no, I did not. Yes, he said that he sent, uh, spent the week on his snap face. He woke up every morning and checked it out to see what he was missing in the world. <laughs> uh, 
he is way smarter with social media than people think. I mean, that is a ge- he's a genius when it comes to that line. Yes, that's all a bit. Face, what was it? Face chat and snap face. I believe those are the two that he says. Right. Anybody that thinks that's serious, uh, he's, he knows what he's doing. He yes. knows what those things are. He definitely knows. We're going to go to Mexico City on Monday. I mean, we're not, unless you are and you haven't told me. Um, Mexico City for Kansas City and the Chargers. This should be a lopsided Chiefs win, but quirky things happen in these international games, Luke. Yeah, they do, such as, you know, like the field not even being uh, ready to go. Yes, and and that's why I, I, I find this game interesting, because we know Patrick Mahomes was injured, has come back. You don't know how healthy he really is. And now you go to a place where you can't... I mean, look, the field's been approved. We saw last year that it wasn't, and the game got moved to Los Angeles. We know that... um, How can I put this? You just know that quirky things happen internationally, and it takes one slip, even even on a good field. Even if you're playing on turf, on very approved, top of the line... I mean, what's probably the best field in the NFL? Probably one of the field turf fields? Yeah, I would imagine. Um, I mean, we see injuries happen all the time from people slipping or whatever, just bad footing, wrong cleat length, whatever the case may be. And it just takes one wrong step, and you put yourself back in that predicament, um, and, and Matt Moore's back starting. For me, this is one of those games where I think we have to watch Patrick Mahomes' footing his warm-ups, and getting the right cleats so that he can perform. If he does that, I think they win big. If not, I think we're talking a different story. Yeah, I think the Chiefs should win big. For some reason, I like the Chargers in this game. I don't know if it's the matchup. Um, you know, the Chiefs, we know that they've been struggling of late. I mean, Mahomes looked great in his return in terms of the numbers he put up last week and, and such. But we know uh, the recipe to beat Kansas City is just running the football. Uh, they can't stop the run, and it keeps Mahomes and the offense off the field. And the Chargers, since making the change at offensive coordinator, have been able to run it a little bit better. Small sample size, only a couple of weeks. But with Melvin Gordon coming to live, uh, coming alive and um, even Austin Eckler and those guys that they have, they have a lot of talent in that backfield. Uh, they've had extra time to get ready. And they played Thursday night football, so they got the 10 days or 11 days of Monday night football to get ready. It's uh, not as far as the trip. And the Chargers actually went to Colorado to prepare for the uh, the change in altitude where the Chiefs just stayed in Kansas City. So the Chargers may be even better prepared. Uh, I actually like Kansas City. Uh, this is their season. Uh, they need to win to stay alive in the, the playoff race in the AFC. And uh, I just think they match up well with the Chiefs. Uh, they may be better prepared for this game. Uh, they've had more time. They went to Colorado. I think the Chargers win. It is interesting when you, when you look at the AFC West and you look at what Oakland is doing, five and four, six and four, Kansas City, and you look at that playoff race, Luke. They're right now the four seed. Kansas City is at six and four. Oakland is five and four, and is the current wild card. But yes, it's a very tenuous place that the Chiefs are. Yeah, for both teams. I think it's amazing. Oakland, the best story of the year so far. Uh, and I hope they continue to make things interesting on the Chiefs. they got to turn things around. They've lost, what, like four out of six? they got to start winning some ball games. Yes, the uh, Chiefs, um, ha- sorry, the Raiders have won two straight um, and are at five and four. The Chiefs are at two and one. The Chiefs are better on the road, four and one, um, while the Raiders are best at home at four and one. So that's your little AFC West synopsis. 
Luke, we're getting to the end of our radio program. Aww. Uh, yes, that's how I feel too. What's your game of the day? I'm going to say the uh, Ravens Texans because of that. I'm with you. And yeah. again, you know, this could be this could really play a big role in the number two seed by the end of the year. Really could. It's crazy to think that way, but if this Ravens team is for real, they could be the two seed. Um, right now, they would be the two seed with the Pats at eight and one being the one seed. Uh, Ray, uh, Texans right now would be the three seed. Uh, your sleeper game. I'm going to go Sunday night football because of your Rams. Uh, sorry, your uh, uh, Vikings. Then the Rams needing to beat the Bears. This has Rams laying an egg written all over it, and the Bears somehow showing some life and becoming five and five. Yeah, those are just two underwhelming teams with terrible offenses right now. My um, my sleeper game is actually Cardinals 49ers. The Cardinals, I think, will make things tough and really interesting there in San Francisco. They're going to be playing some good football. Yes, they have 10-point favorites. Um are the 49ers. It's a big line that the 49ers have to match up to. Um, your survivor game. Oh, survivor game. There's a lot to choose from, sir. You know what? I'm going to save the Raiders against the Bengals. Me too. I think Raiders take care of business easily today. Me too. I feel the exact same way. And finally, your game to watch golf during rounds three and four, the Mayakoba Golf Classic, 2 p.m. Eastern time, live on Golf Channel as we play towards Monday. There are a lot to choose from. Yes. Dapper's um, <laughs> not playing. I mean, Cowboys, Lions, uh, Bills, Dolphins. I'm going to say the Jaguars, Colts, though, because well, I think we're set still out. Nick Foles doesn't interest me in Jacksonville. I don't care that it's a big game for this AFC South. That's why I'm picking it uh, to make a to, – to, you know, for the opposite point, I think it's a boring game. I don't want to watch Brian Hoyer against Nick Foles. No thanks. Uh, Falcons, uh, Panthers. That that game last week for the Falcons is an anomaly. This is going to be a lopsided Kyle Allen win. It should be, and that's one that I'll have to be paying attention to. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, you'll be split screening because of your job. It's the host of the Morrow Mornings Radio Program. ESPN 98.9 FM Charleston. Tune in at the charlestonsportsnetwork.com. Is that the right? I think it's Charleston Sports Radio. Oh, charlestonsportsradio.com. Yeah, good job. (laughs) Shouldn't you know these things? I should. (laughs) Don't you have, like, ad reads that say so? Uh, kind of. (laughs) I love you. Um, we, we, we need your person or player to watch today. Uh, you know what? I guess I'll say Pat Mahomes. We laid it out earlier. Uh, let's see how well he looks out there uh, coming off this injury. Um, oh, I need to give somebody. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was ready to close the show. Um, oh, God. Uh. I, I I don't have anyone. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he could put up big numbers today against uh, uh, against the uh, Cardinals. I, I think this could be one of those big offensive performance days. I can see it. So that's my guy. And that's you. Thank you for coming on the show, as always. My pleasure, as always. And that is today's Sunday Sprint. Enjoy your football weekend, everybody.